Today's podcast episode is one of a series of podcast episodes I recorded with my husband, Max Story, on a book that we co-wrote together, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. I know you'll enjoy the leadership principles that Mac brings to the Fearfully and Wonderfully Me podcast, so be sure to follow Mac on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter at MacStory, or subscribe to the Blue Collar Leadership podcast for more on the leadership principles that Mac teaches. All right, everyone. Rhea and I are happy to be back with you today for part seven. Part seven of 15 on our book, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. And today we're on part seven of 15, and that is titled The Challenge of Change. And so I want to open up today's episode and, and, and talk about a quote from Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. Truett says, we hear of businesses succeeding or failing, but it is not the business, it is the people who succeed or fail. And that, that, to me, that's just a powerful, powerful quote. And I mean, it relates directly, obviously, to this uh, section we're on, the challenge of change. Because we, we were speaking a week or two ago, or yeah, a couple of weeks back, we were, uh, I can't remember, who, who were we speaking, Rio, where I was, uh, Talking, yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. We were speaking to the uh, at the score conference, yeah, hundred or so, something like that. Construction company owners, CEOs, and top leaders, and uh, one of the one of the VPs come up afterward, and he said because I had shared from the stage, I was talking about you know Chick Fil A as an example. Uh, nothing against the other folks; they're trying to 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 do what Chick-fil-A is doing. They've done some amazing things, but Chick-fil-A just, just has an impressive mollet, uh, model. But I was telling the group, you know, look at, look at four, four corners at, at an intersection. You, you take, put Chick-fil-A on one corner and put any of the other three fast food restaurants on the other three corners. And not here to beat up the other three, but I'm talking about the challenge of change. There's a reason that they're chasing Chick-fil-A a lot of times relative to all different types of metrics. And part of it is because the, the, the challenge of change is getting them. They've, they've all got billions of dollars. They can buy the, the great location, be right there on the same corner, you know, opposite corner as Chick-fil-A. They can buy the same great equipment. They can buy the uh, same great ingredients if they want to. They can do all that stuff. But what they can't do is buy the character of the leaders at Chick-fil-A and especially Truett Cathy who founded it and, and today he's passed away, but his legacy lives on, can't buy that. And the challenge of change is these other organizations who are changing them, they, they literally have to change their character to do what Chick-fil-A is doing or better. These other organizations have to change their character. And, and that's a challenge because that's a big change. Changing our characters, not simple, is it real? No, and you know, the thing about change and the, the challenge of change is change is hard. Even and even when we do want it, it's hard. And it's especially hard when we don't want it or it wasn't our our idea. You know, because cha the challenge of change is it forces us 
really to, to dig into our subconscious mind with our conscious mind. It, it requires us to override our subconscious with our conscious mind. And that's, that's a challenge for anybody. You know, it's a challenge when we, we want to just change our, our personal habits and change ourselves, like you said, and develop our character. But it's also um, a challenge when we want to, you know, accept a new state or, or leverage change when it happens or create those opportunities. Um, I like to use the analogy in the book of, you know, if, just imagine this, if you are just, you know, working in your, uh, these days, every, a lot of people are working from home. Um, if you're just, you know, in your home one day and you're sitting in your living room, for example, and you get up and you walk into the kitchen, but it's daylight outside and all the windows are open, the blinds are open. And so, you know, there's plenty of light in the house and you really don't have to flip on a light switch to move from the living room to the kitchen, right? It, it doesn't require any thought or any effort. You just move into a different room. But if you were to try that same thing at night, you leave one room and maybe the, the room that you're sitting in, the living room is all lit up. You've got the lamps on and, you know, the overhead light on. And then you get up and you walk into another room and it's dark, and so there isn't any light there. And so now you've got to do something different. You got to turn on the light switch, right? And in order to function like that. And that's kind of the same thing that causes the challenge of change, right? Before we were accustomed to just moving from room to room and we didn't have to do much. That's the status quo. That's the situation that we're used to. But when something happens and change happens now we've got to do something different we got to flip on the light so to speak figuratively because the situation around us has changed and we're not gonna be able to function if we don't respond to that new environment so change of any kind always brings with it the challenge of adapting to something new and habits that that served us in the past are no longer helpful so the challenge of change comes in consciously having to think about the new reality. And that is a challenge. And you guys remember, I, I logged over 11,000 hours leading people through change from 2005 to 2012. I mean, that's what I did as a, as a leader and a consultant. And there's no doubt on Monday when I walked in to kick off these process improvement teams, the first thing they did was consciously uh, start thinking about the new reality. I mean, that's what we had to deal. That's what I had to deal with the most was the individuals speaking about talking to each other and they had an influence, right? On Monday morning, they had a lot of influence, a lot more than me. Most of the time, even if they didn't know each other, they knew they worked in the same company. They knew they were on the same page. They didn't want to change a lot of times. So there was a lot of influence between, between them, but there was a lot of challenge. The challenge of the change was I had to get them to buy into me while they were consciously looking for all the reasons it was not going to work for them what, what's going to be worse about it and part of the thing i had to do is help them overcome that challenge by helping them see a better future because all they were focused on was a worse future and most of the time that doesn't even happen all the stuff they talked about on monday most of the time never even happened pretty much all the time but i won't say all the time because sometimes some bad things could have happened that that maybe they saw coming and they knew something about leaders in the organization that maybe were going to have an impact that I didn't understand, or, or there was going to be a resistance from another department that I didn't understand. But for the most part, pretty much everything they talked about that they saw as a challenge was not even a challenge, especially when they were talking about all the stuff that I knew about and they didn't know about. 
because they couldn't know about, right? They didn't have the lean knowledge. They didn't have the experience and, and the, the competency of what I was bringing to the table as a consultant. So they couldn't see what I saw. They had to trust me. And on Monday, they didn't trust me. So I had to go in and earn that trust to overcome the challenge. Yeah, you know, what What I think we're kind of uh, saying here is that we, we've, we've got to take action in order to respond to the new reality. And that requires extra effort and energy. It's not going to happen accidentally. Um, things never get better by accident, right? If you, if you notice that, it always requires extra effort and extra energy to, to push forward. And like I said, this is this is tough when we want the new reality, and it's much more difficult when we tell ourselves we don't want it. Um, you know, whether it's you know increasing your influence in in your career, your organization, or your job, or maybe it's changing the way you eat so that you lose a few pounds, right? That's still going to be a change, and those are both positive things if we want them. And it's still hard to do that. You know, even when we desire that objective, when we're working towards that goal, it's still tough. I mean, how many statistics show how many New Year's resolutions where people want to change themselves or change some situation um, in their lives, and it's still hard to do. And how much more difficult is it when we just tell ourselves, I don't want that change. I don't want that new reality. And so it's almost impossible, right? If we have the mindset that we are not willing to work towards it, we almost can't achieve it. And there again, we we're back to what we talked about in the last episode of snoozing and losing, you know, if we're not going to embrace it. Um, you know, I think it's because change, change is a challenge because it forces us to cross the gap between knowing and doing. Yeah, so you know I can talk about that, Rhea. All the stuff you were just saying, you know it. Everybody listening doesn't know it till I share this right here. But, you know, last time I went and got my physical in November of last year, in November 2020, went in for my physical, and the doctor was telling me my cholesterol was a little high, my blood pressure was a little high, and he was telling me all the things I could do. And, I mean, I'm pretty healthy. He told me I'm healthier than you know, 90, 90% of the other 51 year olds that come in there. I don't take any medicines. I do not want to take any medicines. I don't want to be the guy that has to take a medicine on some type of pill every day. I, I don't want to do it. I don't even like taking a pill every now and then. I don't like getting all that junk in my body and, you know, talking about the challenge of change. And, and he, you know, I told him I, I eat healthy and I do eat healthy compared to most people, but I was not eating healthy as I could compared to how good could I eat, right? The challenge of change. I was resisting change. I was doing all the stuff we're talking about on the personal side right here, right? Because that's the hardest part sometimes is to lead ourselves well. And and so, you know, I come to talk to you because you you the health guru. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, what's well, really going to make a difference in all this? And you knew what it was. And I really didn't know, but I'm going to find out for sure. And I'm already finding out to some degree. And you're like, you got to cut out got to cut out some some meat i didn't want to cut out any meat <laughs> i like meat three times a day real mac and the carnivore i got to have it at least i mean i want it i ain't got to have it i can live without the meat but so to share with you guys today you know being transparent about what we're talking about uh and and actually change you know change requires us to take action and change something on the inside so we can achieve re results on the outside and, and that's very literal to what I'm talking about. I had to change what's inside of me to change the results of the blood pressure uh, monitor on the outside of me. Mm. 
or, or the, the blood test on the outside of me going to the lab. You know, I've changed what's inside of me, literally talking about health to change what's on the outside. And that's all the, the indicators of my results. But, mm-hmm. but I did cut that out. And Rhea, I couldn't do it without Rhea. I mean, if Rhea was not in my life, I'd probably have be in worse shape, <laughs> much worse because <laughs> I wouldn't eat near as healthy, but she's a lot of help. So she starts, she eats healthy anyway. She doesn't eat a lot of meat. We're not vegetarians, especially me. And, and Rhea is not a vegetarian. She just eats healthy. It's not a label. If she wants some meat, she'd eat some meat, but she don't really want it most of the time. Occasionally, maybe. But the whole point of this was to say, I mean, my blood pressure just in a couple of months, I've probably cut out 70, 80%. I mean, I eat maybe meat three times a week where, where I used to eat it three times a day. I mean, that's a big impact. My blood pressure's down, squared away, and uh, it's probably only still going to get better. And then I'll go back later in May and actually get the blood test and see what the cholesterol is. And, and, uh, hopefully I've done it. And even, even if it's not where I want to be, I haven't cut meat out completely, but it's obvious that it's helping and I could always do that, but that is an extreme challenge of change. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know, man. I don't know if, I don't know how bad do I want it, but see, that's what it's, I got to decide. Do I value my health? What do I value the most? Do I value eating meat or do I value being healthy? Or do I value eating meat or, or, or and not having to take medicine? Because that's probably not going to work. Can't do both. You're going to have to, if I'm going to eat meat, I'm going to have to take medicine to keep my cholesterol down and other things. I don't want to take the medicine. So I'm going to keep trying to uh, maintain it as best I can. But that's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, I, I, I'm living it. We all live in it. If we want to look in the mirror and find where, it, where it's happening, change is challenging every single person listening to it to this podcast if you think you ain't challenged by change you better open your eyes because because you ain't being real with yourself you better go find that mirror and apologize mm, cha- change is challenging the people who aren't listening to the podcast too they're, you, they're just not at a level of awareness to know it you're right and see i love change but i don't love that change no you <laughs> i you love not. some changes <laughs> But you have done really well. I mean, you, you've had to kind of learn to make those changes on a personal level, like you said, and, and it's showing, you know, you change some things and change some habits and you're getting some really good results. So that's awesome. I love what Andy Stanley says um, about change. He says, progress is always preceded by change and change is always preceded by challenge. When there is no challenge, there is no change. And it's the job of the leader to challenge the process. And I love that because, you know, when he talks about progress is always preceded by change, change is always preceded by challenge. So that means when we're facing the challenge of change, we know that that's a necessary and critical step in the process of progress. And, you know, he goes on to say it's the job of the leader to challenge the process. And I love to think of processes as systems, you know, whether that's systems in an organization to get your product out or your service or your business, whatever that is, or systems on a personal level are really just the habits that we create. And if we're going to lead ourselves, then we've got to challenge the habits that we create for ourselves. If we're going to lead others in the organization, we've got to challenge the processes and the systems of the organization and say, how can we make it better, right? How can we make it better? Because that's going to be progress. And if you want, if you want a better career and if you want more out of life, change is not an option. It's required. Mm, There's a lot of, there's a lot of truth in that statement, Rhea. I mean, if, if I want more out of life, literally, 
talking about what I was talking about a moment ago about my health, anybody, if you want more life, literally, you got to be healthier. There's no other way to get more life, literally, like to extend the years that you live on this planet. You've got to become more. <laughs> you more you can't healthy. order it from Amazon. <laughs> no, you can't order it. You got to pay the price. And it's something I always joke about. I tell people, you know, when I'm telling people, you know, one on one conversations about the health changes that I've made. I mean, I've made a lot over the years. I'm just just some more that I was talking about a moment ago. The meat, I kind of saving that one for last. It's one of the hardest <laughs> things I've ever changed. It was a lot harder to slow down my meat consumption than it was to stop drinking alcohol or to stop drinking sodas and uh you know start eating healthier foods and drinking raw fruit and vegetable juice and all that stuff I already do that I thought that was hard but that was not really hard compared to to the getting rid of the meat but what I tell people is and it applies to some other folks out there listening depends on how old you are or how unhealthy you may be but definitely it comes with age most of the time but I tell people my free ride's over I mean, I've really got to p start paying the price to be healthy because, you know, younger people can, they can do a lot of the stuff that I can't do anymore, or maybe you can't do, uh, whoever's listening out there. You know, if, if you've got some years on you already, you know what I'm talking about. The free ride's over. Because when you're young, you can do all the bad stuff and still be healthy. You can look <laughs> lean and mean and, you know, squared away and life's good. You ain't got problems and you ain't overweight. You ain't got high blood pressure and you don't have uh, high cholesterol. You ain't got all that stuff. It's just a free ride while you're young, but as you get older, your free ride's over. You, you either going to pay the price to be healthy or you're not going to be healthy anymore. All those years are going to add up cumulatively. And I want to just say, go ahead, Ria. I was just going to say maybe what you were going to say. That's one of the points that we talk about in the book is if you want to continue to get the same results that you're getting today, then you don't have to do anything different, right? But that's not true. Because if you continue to get the same, if you want to continue to get the same results you're getting today, you have to do something different because circumstances are going to change from a physical standpoint. Yeah, we could, we didn't really have to worry about how healthy we ate when we were 15 or 18 or 28. But as we start to get older, you know, our metabolism slows down and our bodies start to just, you know, get older and not function as well. And so now we've got to do something different just to maintain the same results, N not even talking about getting more life and getting healthier and extending our life. Yeah. So just generically speaking to all the people out there relative to the challenge of change, this is what I'm about to share is one of the things I, I've I heard early in my career. I still hear it sometimes, but the difference is I used to believe it. Now I know it's a lie and it's, it's so crazy how we can grow and change, but you may have heard this out there the folks listening. You, you may have even said it. I mean, I said it back when I believed it because I heard somebody say it and I thought, Oh, that's cool. I'll say it too. You know, whenever time fits, but what I heard was, you know, if, if you always do what you always done, you'll always get what you always got. And a lot of people say that and they believe it, but I'm here to tell you it's not true. And I'm going to explain it to you so you can validate it. If you always do what you always done, you'll always get what you always got. That's a lie. This is why. Because if someone else, and I'm talking about in the business standpoint, really, the professional standpoint, if your company, and again, that's my background, leading companies through change on purpose to get better, even when there's nothing wrong with them, they want to get better because this is why. Because, see, if they say we're, we're squared away, we're doing awesome, we can just keep doing what we always done, and we're going to get what we always got. That, that assumes that everybody else is doing the same thing. 
They're just going to keep doing what they always done and get what they always got. We know that's not what's happening in the business world. Most organizations are trying to get better. Unless they really love that term, uh, that's the way we always done it. And the boss mm. believes that's always, we, you know, we always done it that way. So they don't want to change. And, but if the competition is out there changing and striving to get better, they're going to get more. What they're going to get more of is your business. Mm. <laughs> They're going to get more of your business. And if they get more of your business, that means you're not going to get what you always got. You're going to get less business. And eventually you're going to have no business. And so that's, that's what, I mean, that's why that's so important, important to me right there. I always come back to the blockbuster and Netflix example when we talk about that, because, you know, there for a while, blockbuster was at the top of the video DVD rental game. And they weren't willing to change and em embrace the new technology of streaming home videos. And, you know, essentially not embracing the change or not seeking the change and not getting better. You know, they continue to do what they'd always done, but they are no longer getting what they always had gotten in the past and have, you know, just become obsolete. I mean, you and I were talking the other day about we had to ship off a bunch of old, um, old VHS tapes and old mini DV tapes from when we used to have a, a little camcorder. And, and we actually had to ship that to a company to get them converted to digital media so that we could actually watch them because all of that technology there is, is obsolete. And so, yeah, technology is one of the most powerful ways. I think we can see this. If you keep doing what you've always gotten and technology changes and you don't embrace the new technology, you absolutely will get left behind. Yeah, I saw, I saw a, uh, I was watching on YouTube the other night. I was watching a, a video on somehow it, you know, popped up on my feed to watch. It was, uh, I didn't have to watch it, but it got my attention because it was a $2.6 million motorhome. So I watched the, is that a motorhome <laughs> wow. show? I mean, I don't want to buy a motorhome. I don't need a motorhome, but it, the thing looked wicked. I mean, found out watching it, it had a $150,000 paint job. That's why it looked wicked. It's like off the charts. But anyway, it was just neat to watch the, the folks talk about it. I was just curious what the thing looked like on the inside. And, and it was so interesting to watch the video and the guy's telling all about it. And he goes into the, this wicked master bedroom that looks, I mean, nicer than most homes, maybe even bigger than, than a lot of them, but he was showing all w w what was installed in it. You know, this high tech wicked thing. And it had a DVD player. In it. He showed where the <laughs> DVD player was. I'm like, why, why today is, or they put the DVD player, but I mean, one reason <laughs> potentially is because some people who buy that maybe are older generation and they still have DVDs. They still have DVDs. I don't know, but you would think if they were building that, that unless somebody asked for it, it probably wouldn't have a DVD player in it anymore. But anyway, it had one. So it made me think of that. Another, another thing relative to this, just saw on the news recently where General Motors GM, they putting out a, basically a, a vision for the future that by 2035, all of their vehicles are, are going to be electric and they don't want to be left behind. I mm. promise you that's a challenge for an automotive company that, you know, they, they, they are who they are because they have uh, gas powered engines and, but, but they're looking, they don't want to be left behind and they still may be left behind because they may be late. Maybe they are, maybe they're not but they're not laid amongst their peers because I've heard no other automotive manufacturer kind of make any uh, statement like that. I mean, I haven't heard that from Ford or, 
or Chrysler or Dodge, you know, whoever, whoever you want to talk about out there. But uh, they, they, they put it out there and said they're going to do it. So I promise you they're going through some change. I don't know if any of them, them folks are listening, but I promise you <laughs> they need this book that we're talking about. And the problem is they needed to have it already talked to the people. And mm. you know what, Rhea, though? A lot of people, a lot of leaders, they'll cast a vision and change, and they just expect people to change. They don't give them any growth and development relative to changing their mindset to get them to embrace the change. And, and even the customers, they're going to lose a lot of customers who don't, don't want to change. I mean, mm. I don't really want to drive an electric vehicle. I wouldn't mind it if it was always charged when I got in and ready to go, and it could be charged up in like, three minutes like when we go fill up the tank or something like that i wouldn't mind it at all i kind of like it because there's got so much horsepower you know i'm a horsepower guy and those things are crazy fast and i love that but i really like the sound of, of an engine so you know <laughs> i'm gonna always have an antique i guess well um, maybe by the time 20 2035 gets here they'll charge in three minutes and you'll be you'll be willing to embrace it they might man i mean the best idea is to put the stuff in the road so while you're riding down the road it just charges up and you don't ever have to charge it it's always charged i, I can i can handle it like that <laughs> let me say something to yeah right here you know in my notes on on the book i've got a uh a, a quote from the book probably my quote i'm sure it came out of the chapter i wrote probably but it says uh one of us wrote it, it says your ability to lead yourself and others through change will determine whether you get a little more out of life or a lot more out of life and, and i'm talking about on a personal level you know your ability to lead yourself and others because you're going to get the most out of life when you can lead others through change as well when you can only you got to be able to lead yourself through change or you're never going to be able to lead anybody else through change you're going to be a resistor and you're going to attract resistors so what do you want in the future if you struggle with change especially if you're at the bottom of the org chart and you've been there for 10 years 20 years or 30 years and you don't want to be if you want to be that's fine nothing wrong with being at the bottom of the org chart but if you don't want to be at the bottom of the org chart, meaning the entry level position inside of some company, you want to be more. I'm asking you right now to reflect. Are you resistant to change? Do you want to get better? If you listen to this podcast, I assume you're either not resistant or you want to get better. You got to be one of those folks or either somebody volunteered you to listen to this and you're sitting in a room somewhere and listening to this and you care less about this. But if you're that person, you really, really ought to be thinking about how do you look at change? Mm. So one last quote I wanted to share as we wrap this episode up. Um, John Kenneth Galbraith said, leaders stretch to meet the challenge and followers shrink away from the challenge. And there again, I think this is so true. Those of us who want to increase our influence, our opportunities and get more out of life, whether personally or professionally, realize that we've got to stretch to meet the challenge of change. Yep, and I'm gonna leave us with this, this thought that uh, once you begin to challenge how you think and act, you will begin to be challenged in another way. Those who don't embrace change may stop embracing you and start challenging you. You know, the people who are resistant, they're resistant together. If you change how you think and act, you're not gonna be with them anymore. Now they're gonna see you as being with the leaders. Mm. And so now those people are going to start challenging you. They're going to stop embracing you and you, they're going to start challenging you. And that's some of the, it's one reason a lot of people don't change because sometimes to change, you got to go travel alone for a while because yeah. your leaders, if you've been resistant for so long, 
your leaders don't trust that you're truly not resistant anymore, especially when you've been resistant for the last five years and then instantly you're on board. So you may have to kind of be in limbo out there a while. You have to leave people behind and you haven't attracted the people who are ahead yet. You got to, you got to lead yourself well, which is the first half of each one of these sections in the book about mm-hmm. leading yourself well. Anything yeah, we'll else, get- well, we'll get into that a little bit more in the uh, next episode where we talk about the fear of change. So I'm really looking forward to that. All right. Talk to talk you, next, to you time. next time. Start increasing your influence and maximizing your potential with Rhea's audiobooks. Available at audible.com, amazon.com, and iBooks. Please visit RiaStory.com to learn about Ria's books, resources, speaking, and training programs. Thanks for listening. listening.